The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash billrisser. Business-wise, for me, Facebook has been instrumental, especially over the last couple of years because I'm able to target certain areas of town and I can, you know, I can put out videos and I can make sure that it, it gets to the right people, the right demographic for, I mean, relatively cheap compared to everything else I've done. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, welcome to episode 88 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast, Piano Keys. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call it. And I'm going to head back to Arizona for this episode. Eric Gibbs reached out to me and, and, and let me know about a, a guy in, in Tucson that's doing some great things in the real estate space. But you know what he's doing? He's also doing some other things with the community that we're going to talk about at length. So I can't wait to talk to him. His name is Chris Cobb. He's with Cobb Realty in Tucson, Arizona. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Tell me, what's the weather like in Tucson today as we record this? You know, believe it or not, it's beautiful. And I know that's really hard to believe that Tucson, of all places, is beautiful, but it is about 363 days out of the year. Yeah. You, you, got nice a, sunshine. you guys got quite a bit of rain this uh, winter, though, right? Uh, we did, but um, that's that's not, not typical for the area. Yeah. You know, but right now, the... Uh, the only thing that really is getting us down here is the allergies. Everybody in Tucson is struggling with the with the weather change because it was cold last week and cold for us is about 50 degrees. That's about about all we can take. We're pretty spoiled down here. And then this week it bumped up to the high 60s again, which is right where where I want to be. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Excellent. Yeah, and the allergies are just what they are. We all we all have to <laughs> figure out a way to get through that. So it is. You're in you're in, are you a native Arizonan? Is that where you were born and raised? I am not a native. I actually, uh, I, I grew up all over the all over the place, kind of a, a gumbo pot of, of different places. I was a military brat, so I moved every three or four years growing up. And then uh, we basically, we chose to come back to Tucson. This is where my mom is from and her family. So we used to visit, you know, every few years or so when we came stateside growing up. And this was a place that, that we all chose to come down and, and kind of put in roots, you know. And the uh, and, and really what happened is growing up, um, like I said, I moved every three, four years. Um, I ended. I, I I was born in uh, California. Then we moved to England. Then we moved to Texas. Then we moved to South Carolina. Um, then we moved to Oklahoma, where I went to high school. And my dad uh, moved to Missouri. And then I joined the Air Force and kept moving. And he uh, his last base was here in Tucson. And after all that moving, my mom, uh, you know, she said, "We're calling it quits. This is where we're staying. Call the kids and, and let's 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 make our home here." And that's how I ended up here. Um, you probably know I lived in Phoenix for about 17 years. My son's a graduate of Arizona State University. There's this other university <laughs> down in Tucson. I've heard of them. I have heard of those guys. <laughs> I, did, I didn't see them in the tournament this year, so I didn't see much of them. But uh, you know. <laughs> well, well done. Well played. I'll just I'll just leave that alone and move on. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So um, let's see. You, you you already mentioned this. You served in the Air Force. Uh, so yes, did you go in the Air Force right out of uh, right out of high school. 
I did. I had a brief stint in uh, community college for a couple semesters. That wasn't for me. And then uh, I went down to the recruiter, signed up, and then joined the Air Force out of Oklahoma. I'm guessing at this time, real estate's not really on your radar. I mean, you know, yeah, it wasn't even uh, remotely close. Um, yeah, no, no, not at all. I, when I joined the Air Force, I was a U-2 crew chief. So I was a maintainer on a spy plane, um, was around some awesome people, traveled to Korea, Japan, California, you know, all over the place. And it was, it really was right up my alley. And I thought that that's what I was going to do. I was going to be a, a crew chief and a lifer in the Air Force. Um, you know, that was the plan at that time. So definitely not. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't know a thing about real estate, so it was definitely not on my mind really at all at that time. I got to ask it. You're, when you say U2 plane, you're talking about the same one Gary Powers was like shot down in. Absolutely. In the yes, city, sir. Right. Wow. Yes, sir. So they're still yes. flying today. They are. They are. We uh, everything. All of our our missions and sorties are flew out of Beale for the major for the most part in, uh, in Osan, Korea. Um, yeah, so we're still flying the same airframe. The camera equipment obviously has changed since way back then, but it's the same airframe, same um, everything, AR, same, same kind of setup. Wow, that's uh, that's yeah. that's impressive just to hear that and go, wow. <laughs> I know there's some history there too, so that's great. Yeah, it's it was a, it was a really cool plane to work on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you get out of the Air Force and did you have a brokerage you went to first, or did you start right away with Cobb Realty, which has your name attached to it, so I'm just going to guess that, that you're, somehow your family's involved here. Let, let's hear how Yeah, it is. So basically, um, I was in uh, I was in Beale. I was stationed at Beale Air Force Base. I had just got back from my one-year tour in Korea. I did a, a few months on a specialized tour in Japan also um, during that one-year one tour, and then I ended up back at Beale. My dad uh, decided that he was going to retire out of Davis Mountain here in Tucson, and, uh, and he called me and basically talked me into getting out of the Air Force, coming down and getting into real estate with them. And, and really the, the way that that came about was that he, he was purchasing his home here and it was, it was gonna be his forever home, the home that he was gonna um, be in you know, after retirement and through retirement. And he, uh, he, he, the experience wasn't what he thought it should be. You know? And he thought, he thought that he could take care of definitely the airmen and the people of Tucson better than, than the process that he went through to get the house um, and that's kind of that's where he the the light bulb moment, you know, where he got into it and he thought that there was nobody else in the world really that was was like him and could really team up and do it right other than me at that time. And so he called me, pitched me and, uh, you know, family's everything. So the next day I dropped my paperwork, got out, was out of the Air Force in a month and in Tucson selling houses. And he also uh, uh, one uh, one other guy is like an uncle to me. His name's Ray. He's my designated broker right now. He, he convinced him to get out of the Air Force also. He did 20-plus years. Um, they're best friends forever. He was he was there when my little brother was born in England 26 years ago, was in Desert Storm with Dad, so I've known him my entire life. And uh, talked to him, convinced him to get out, and that was the team. It was me, him, Dad, um, my mom, and uh, that's how we started. And we actually we started with Caldwell Banker initially, and then that first year was crazy. We, we really got off to a good start. Um, between the four of our, yeah, the four, my mom didn't last long on the team as far as an active agent, um, because we're kind of, you know, <laughs> we're kind of extreme, loud, fun, crazy people, which is great, but you, but not, maybe not all the time. So you need kind of a break from that <laughs> every, every once in a while. Yeah. So mom decided that she would not be, you know, in the field that we would take care of that part and she'd be the backbone behind us. 
you know, so, and, and so that first year we sold 300 and something houses between the three of us. And, uh, and then we just moved on from there and we stayed with Caldwell um, for three years until we could get our broker's license and uh, did some awesome things with them and had great training and mentorship through that program as well. And then at the three-year mark, it was just, it was time for us to start our own thing. And we started Cobb Realty. Yeah. You're not the first um, agent I've had on the podcast that, that talks highly of Coldwell Banker and that and the uh, process to get you to where you are today. That's pretty cool. It's, it speaks volumes about them as a brokerage, right? Yeah, they they've definitely got some good people over there. I mean, we're still, you know, we're in the same field. We're all still in Tucson, so we run across them on the other ends of the contracts, and uh, we've still kept in touch with a lot of them as well. Um, yeah, it was it, that it was it was a great program. It was a good place to start with for sure. We so, made the right decision. Yeah, so you've got it's all. Ex Air Force putting this this team together. Talk about Correct. talk about the there had to be some huge benefit from the the fact that you all had you know served in the military, which means yes, sir. you had you had to putting a system in place and following a system must just be second nature for you. Is that right? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot lot of training that that you get in the Air Force and really all the different branches of the military that can directly correlate to being successful as a civilian. Um, you know, leadership is a big one, definitely putting a plan in place, sticking to it and following it through. Um, plus, you know, the, the people like my dad and, and Ray, that's my broker, they, they were in for 20 plus years. You know, dad was a command chief. So he was in charge of an entire enlisted morale of a whole base you know there's only one command chief on a base and that was him and then ray was a first sergeant and he was in charge of the morale of an entire squadron of people you know so they really had like heavy loads and they did some really cool stuff while they were in the military and when they got out you know what what would typically stress a, a normal agent out or somebody just getting right in getting their feet wet into something like this is their first career or or one of their first ones it's it's you know it's it's nothing to them i mean these guys were dealing with all kinds of stuff ptsd um domestic abuse i mean just everything the suicides uh all that comes with the morale of a of an entire squadron you know and they, they dealt with that so dealing with somebody on you know how to negotiate repairs on a house is not gonna not gonna make them sweat yeah, yeah. a little bit and of perspective then, right Absolutely. You know, and, and having them around you, because I mean, that's that's who I see every day. That's who I talk to. So it's really easy to be successful when you're following the lead of people like that, because they've already been successful before they did this. You know, they were a leader of men and, and did some great things in the military. So to come in to this and be able to follow their lead and just follow the breadcrumbs, it's pretty, pretty hard to fail. The team has gotten much bigger since the original, the four of you started it. How? What, what's the number yeah. at now? Yeah. Uh, well, now we, um, you know, there's a lot of different spokes in real estate. So um, we also have a home warranty company that we started. And the the guy that's running that is a family friend from forever, Kurt Larson. He was also a first sergeant in the Air Force. So that's right up his alley. We've got property management where we're right around 400 rentals that we manage as well. So we've got three property managers over there, 400 rentals. And then on the real estate side, we've got, eh, I want to say 16, 17 agents. And I've got five directly under me that I've been mentoring and shadowing and getting them on the right track as well. So wow. we've grown pretty quick. Yeah, that's, and this, this all started what year? Uh, we got out of the Air Force in mid May or mid, yeah, May ish of 2005. And then uh, we got kicking towards the end of that year. We opened ours in 2009. Okay. 
Okay. So we're about 12 years in the business That's awesome. altogether. That's awesome. Let's, let's, um, for those that, that aren't aware of Tucson, you know, around the country listening to the podcast, let's talk about the Tucson market for a second. I mean, I've been down there many times and it's, it's made up of these really different regions, right? You can be up in the Oro Valley or you could be down in the Green Valley. I mean, talk yeah. about how that works and are you selling all around the valley? Do you specialize in some area? How does that work for you? Yeah, because of our niche, you know, being prior military and kind of gearing towards taking care of the military folks, we've 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 ended up in the areas that they tend to go to. And uh, so that would be southeast and east. Um, but we're selling houses all over the town. You know, like you said, Oro Valley, Continental Ranch, Marana, Sarita, Nogales, uh, Tucson, Vale, you know, all over. And these are all uh, areas that are surrounded outside of Tucson. Um, but yeah, our main um, area at this time is really the and southwest as well um, areas of town. So you got Star Valley, Salrita, Vale, um, Rita Ranch is a really popular area, and then right around the base. So so that's that's where we've been specializing in. And the real deal is um, Vale and the southeast are known for their school district. We've got one of the top school districts in the entire state. So when people come from out of country, out of state, and they're doing the research on where they want to be, that's, you know, obviously if they have kids, they're going to get them in the best school district possible. And that's where they, they end up moving. So that's where we've targeted our business. And where do you live? I live in Vail. Of course. I, I love it in Vail. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it out there. We actually, we moved to Vail. I've got twins. And when they turned five, I moved to Vail. Uh, for the school district, as well as being close to my dad, I can actually, I can see my dad from my backyard and, and we got my brother a house. I got him across the street on the other side so we can keep our family close and tight. And I always got babysitters close. Yeah, but the town, Dale is unbelievable. It's a great town. It's, it's growing, you know, it's, it's got everything you need as far as restaurants, um, I-10 is really close. The school district, like I said, is amazing. But, um, you know, I like that small town feel. And I like going into the gas station and the restaurants and the Walgreens and everything around us and knowing everybody, you know, and, and, and it's just it's just a great place to be and raise a family. How long a drive from Vail into, say, downtown Tucson? Uh, down, if you take the highway, the Vail exit is 279. You're getting downtown at about 258. You know, so the, and that's uh, the the speed limit out here is 75. So you're looking at about 20 minute drive, Excellent. and it depends on you know where you're going, but that's that's the norm. Cool. Well, let's let's talk yep. about you and what you're doing. You've got um, first of all, you know, I, I got a chance to check you out a little bit and and follow you on Facebook and and see some of the good stuff you're doing. You have a lot of fun there, and you really started, yeah, you started embracing <laughs> Facebook Live quite a bit. Um, uh -huh. and, and I really want to ask you this question. It's you, you seem to. I think this is huge. You, you're not just on there just touting real estate. You're sharing your life. You're, you're kind of, you know, your kids are there. I saw the one where you got them to be quiet. It was awesome, by the way, hide and seek for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, so uh -huh. Talk to me about your vision with Facebook, how you're using it. Yeah, all, really all the social plat networking platforms. But with Facebook um, specifically, the videos are key, you know, and, and the biggest uh, advice that I can give to agents that are looking to do that is you got to stand out, you know, and you've got to be relatable and you got to, people have got to want to watch your videos. You know, the biggest problem that I see with people that are trying to get into that uh, market and use Facebook to build their business is they do kind of the same stuff as everybody else. And they do the same kind of videos all the time. So people get burned out, they stop watching, you know, and I, I, I've got two pages set up. I've got a business page and also the personal page that you're talking about. 
Um, and, and the, you know, the personal page, I use a, a lot of family videos and I use it also to keep in touch with everybody I know all over the world, you know, just like a lot of people do with Facebook. Um, but business wise for me, Facebook has been instrumental, especially over the last couple of years, because I'm able to target certain areas of town and I can, you know, I can put out videos and I can make sure that it, it gets to the right people, the right demographic for, I mean, relatively cheap compared to everything else I've done. Cause you know, I've done commercials, billboards, magazines, uh, radio, you know, everything. And uh, the online is a, is a really easy way to hit thousands of people with a click, you know, but they've got to, you've got to be, you've got to, you, you've got to get them to watch the video, you know, so you, th that's where all that other stuff comes in and, and, and people got to relate to you. I mean, you're a real, you're a real person. You're, you know, I'm hanging out with the family. I got my kids. I'm doing a whole bunch of other stuff as well. And that really draws people to that. So they don't get burnt out on you sitting in front of a camera and just talking about real estate. Right. Cause you do, you've done a lot of videos on, on Vail and, uh -huh. and the areas that you're, you know, that you like working in. I mean, you're, you're an expert there. That's the kind of video that, someone who's really trying to dominate an area should be doing right right and you've got to you've got to target the area that you're passionate about you know people can see through that stuff if you're if you're pitching neighborhoods and areas and you know whatever you're doing but you don't know what you're you don't really know the area or you're not passionate about it you're not saying how you feel then they're just not going to relate to it you know so like you said like with my veil campaign with that uh, specifically with facebook i i just wanted to let the people know in veil what I thought about the area and the town and how great it is and, you know, how it's easy to sell something that you believe in, you know, and people can really relate to that and buy into it and they'll have your back and the community will support you in your business as long as you support them as well. Right. And I'm not, not trying to make you give away any numbers or secrets, but my guess yeah. is you've seen results from focusing that kind of energy back on the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and just the video, I mean, so for example, so I did a video, a uh, few weeks ago and I was coming back from a, a listing appointment and it was like my sixth listing appointment for the day or something crazy. It was just an awesome day. And, uh, and all on, and, and all the listings that I got in the week before I had sold in an average of three days on market. So I pulled over to the side of the road. I did a video uh, with my phone and it was basically me just excited yelling at the phone saying I needed more houses because I sold them all so quick. And, and I pumped that out to the specific area where I was selling the houses to. And I got like, 20,000 views within a couple days, you know, so it's hard if that many people are seeing that video that you can't translate into some form of business, you know, so, so I mean, the, the Facebook thing has been awesome for me. And it, it it's, I, I'm sure it'll continue to do that as well. And it's, it's definitely different strokes for different folks. I'm just going to go on a wild guess here that like your dad's not so hot on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the, what? He could the, be actually. Yeah. He could be. To be honest with you, he could be. I mean, he was he 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 was the guy that was the the face of the company forever. And uh, I mean, I remember him doing commercials and stuff. And if he did the kind of commercials that he did, you know, when we were running them on Fox and all that stuff, if he if he did that on Facebook, he'd be a hit. I mean, he's just such a character. There's, <laughs> and I know he would be. You know, he, the same as me. That's great. Let me. Let me let me switch gears a little bit because I I mentioned earlier that uh, Eric Gibbs, a mutual friend of ours, um, yes, reached out to me about you and and with your military background, this just makes perfect sense why you're so involved with the Fisher House. Can you yep. um, tell our listeners you know what this organization is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So the the Fisher House is a program um, that is a place where families can stay 
if their spouses are veterans and they're getting a surgery done at the VA. So if somebody is a veteran, they're getting a surgery done, their family can stay there for free and they're able to be next to them while they get through that surgery or whatever they're going through. And unfortunately, um, here in, in our area, the demographic is a lot older and there's a lot of people that end up in hospice care. It could be cancer, it could be age, it could be whatever, but um, a, the, a good a good amount of the people that are getting our surgeries done here uh, end up not making it. So they get checked into the hospice, they got a couple months to live, and because of the Fisher House, their family can stay there and be next to them in their last days. So it's a, it's a really, really important program. Um, ever since I walked into it the first time, I knew that it was something that I wanted to be a part of. So, so you know, I have been. There are many Fisher houses around the country, right? Do you know roughly how many there are? I don't, I don't know the number, but there is a lot of them. Um, and the uh, the real deal is this. So there's there's a bunch of Fisher houses, right? And we just opened one here last year in March. I was a military brat. I was in the military. All, all, my whole circle of friends is is probably military. The good majority of them for sure are. Uh, definitely my close friends. And I never knew about the Fisher House. So on top of you know them just providing that service, the problem that we're having or they're having one of them is that the military members when they need to use it, they don't know about it. You know, so um, for an example, so they were, they were doing a documentary on me for, for uh, the climb and what I'm doing to support the Fisher House. And the director says, man, this is gonna really trip you out, but I actually used the Fisher House. I, I had to fly to Germany, I'm prior military. In the 70s, I had to go to Germany for a surgery. Uh, nobody knew about the Fisher House, so my squadron was trying to get money together to get my family over there with me. And uh, while they were over there, we figured out about the Fisher House and they were they were able to stay there for free. You know, So that that's an example of where somebody that needed it didn't know about it. So part, so most of, a lot of my job with the Fisher House, what I'm trying to do is gain awareness. So when people get in that position, they know that that's there for them. Yeah. And it's, it's not only it's, it's awareness everywhere. It, it, me as a civilian, I should know about it, right? If I want to support it. And as well as Absolutely. obviously the military, that's what it goes without saying. But let's talk about what you're, you're doing to raise funds. It's, it's, okay. <laughs> it's kind of scary. I, I don't know if uh, you. I don't know if you have background in this kind of stuff. Maybe you do, but tell us about Denali, uh, Denali and what you're going to be doing. Yes, sir. So what I'm doing is uh, in May. I actually I leave here May 16th, so I'm on the tail end of my training. May 18th, I start hiking up Denali, which is the biggest mountain in North America, um, and I'm using that to raise funds for the Fisher House. So basically, what people are doing is pledging per foot. Uh, Denali is 20,300 feet, so if they do a penny a foot. If I make it to the top, it's 203 bucks. Um, and then when I get home, I pull all the checks together. I'm going to drop it off at the Fisher House for them, and they can use it for food or, um, you know, uh, any, anything that they need over there to keep, to keep the place running. Um, but, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So I've been training um, for the – really since I got off the last mountain. So to answer the second part of that question, have I done it before? Uh, not Denali, um, but I have – I've climbed Mount Rainier a couple times last summer, Mount Baker – um, and did some training over there to prepare me for this one because this hike is brutal. Denali, I mean, it's a mean mamma jam. It's a, it's a tough mountain to get up. It takes me three weeks to get to the top if the weather lets me get that high. And it's a right. 50-50 chance. Right. So, so how, high, how high is Rainier? That's up in Washington, right? That's correct. So Rainier is uh, 14.5, um, but you do training on that one because uh, it's glaciated. There's a lot of 
um, crevasses. There's different things that you can work through and train on that one to prepare you somewhat for Denali. And uh, I got down from that one on May, and the very next day I started training for Denali. So, so I'm ready to go now. How big of a group will you be with? And I'm sure there are guides who have been to the top before. I'm just trying to. There is, there is. Yeah, I got a. There's a guide that that uh, that'll be with us. Um, the group on this one, I want to say it's six or seven people. It'll be me and one other American. Um, and that guy was actually on Rainier with me when they signed us off for Denali. So um, it'll be me and him. He's a buddy of mine. And then there's a couple Brits flying in from England. Uh, dude from the Swiss Alps. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Where's the other guy? The other guy was from Australia. Wow. I think that's it. Somewhere else in Europe, but I'm not, I don't remember. So it's a group of six or seven. They're flying in from all over the world. So how can people listening to the podcast support you? Is there a website or something you can send them to where they can sign up? There is a website. It's www.housesfortroops.com slash fisherhouse. Um, that's www.housesfortroops.com slash fisherhouse. And you can go there and fill out the, the uh, tab and tell me how much you want to pledge per foot. Uh, most, Like I said, most people are doing a penny a foot. Um, but we've got other businesses and stuff supporting it as well that are doing as much as you know a quarter foot, 50 cent a foot. So it's starting to add up pretty quick um, and gain steam. And then every dollar is going to the Fisher house when I get home. So, Chris, just be careful. <laughs> I guess that goes without saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've done everything awesome. I can here. Yeah, I, I've done everything that I possibly can here to prepare for it, you know, so I'm ready. I'm yeah. really, I'm on the last month now. And the, the big thing for me and really everybody in that group is trying not to push yourself even harder, trying to tweak, you know, everything in the last month. What tends to happen with a lot of people is they get injured within three weeks of the climb because they're, you know, they're trying to push it so hard to just get some, some last minute um, help with your physical stuff going on and, and they tweak something. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I'm ready. I've been ready for the last four months. It almost sounds like a marathon where, you know, those schedules when people are running marathons, they run really short distances the last couple of weeks because you got to right. get your body ready for what's coming. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still packing it in. Don't get me wrong. I get up at, at, at 0500 and I, and I go to the bleachers, the high school next to me with an 80-pound pack up down for an hour in and out the wash with one of my kids every morning. And then I, uh, to warm up in the afternoon, I do a seven mile jog and then I lift weights for an hour and do pack work. So even the, <laughs> even taking it easy is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, we're, I'm still in heavy training. I'm just trying not to push it too hard to tweak anything. That's great. Well, Chris, I've had you here the, uh, the half hour I asked of you for the podcast, but I, I want to wrap up right. the same question I've asked to every guest on the show. And that is what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? One piece of advice I would have, make sure that everybody you know knows that you are a real estate agent. Grind it out, put in the work, don't get frustrated within the first couple months. There's light at the end of the tunnel and you know, keep your integrity about you, do what's right, push, work, and it'll work out. Chris, if somebody wants to reach out to you directly, maybe they've got questions based on some things they've heard here in, in the show, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, they can contact me directly on my cell, 520-403-5726, or you can go via email, chris.cobb at thecobbteam.net. Cobbs with two Bs.
Chris, thank you so much for sharing your story here and, and really best of luck on your hike. I'm sure you're going to get some more donations out of this uh, episode. I really think it's a, a wonderful thing you're doing and uh, I'll make sure I'm talking more about the Fisher House myself just by, by talking to you today. So best of luck. Awesome. I really appreciate you having me, Bill. Thank you.